The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with New York Times bestselling author, motivational speaker, and celebrity dentist, Dr. Bill Dorfman. Hey, Dr. Bill here with my good friend, Ken Cragen. Uh, we are going to have an amazing Meet the Mentor. We haven't done it yet, but I know it's going to be amazing. Just so you know, we made, raised $162,000 at our LEAP Gala. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who helped support us. We're going to pick the date for next year's gala really soon, and we're going to try and get 400 people. We had almost 200 at this one. Also, LEAP Week 2019 is July 21st to the 27th at UCLA. Uh, we are half full, so if you want to go, you need to sign up like now, okay? Uh, go to www.leapfoundation.com where you can sign up. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, I also uh, participated in the Think and Grow Rich World Tour. It kicked off in Anaheim. It was a big success. The next one will be in Chicago on the weekend of May 18th. And then the following week, it will be in San Diego, the weekend of May 24th. So if you'd like to get tickets to that, just go to thinkandgrowrich.com. You can get tickets there. There's a great lineup of speakers. And um, what's this all about? Well, one of the highlights for students at Leap Week is our mentor workshop. Epic. And to bring that experience to you a little bit early and kind of give you a taste of what we do at Leap, we bring in these mentors. Now, at the mentor workshop, we'll have 100 professionals who will sit around their tables, and students get to ask them questions, and every 30 minutes we rotate. So it's kind of like speed dating with mentors. One of the greatest success secrets is to find a great mentor that you can work with, and hopefully at our mentor workshop, you'll meet somebody great. But in the interim, we like to bring in these amazing people. Now. Ken and I have been friends for about six years through an organization called Metal, which is a, the guy who, the other Ken who runs this hates that I say it this way, but it's literally a men's networking group. Um, but it's more, it, it's a community of men helping men and women succeed in business. And it's really, really phenomenal. And so Ken and I met there and He's had an amazing career. So I'm going to read you his bio, and then we're just going to talk about some of the crazy and exciting things that Ken's done. He is a graduate of UC Berkeley and Harvard Business School. Ken Cragen's distinguished career transcends the music and entertainment industries. He has successfully managed some of the world's most important entertainers, including Kenny Rogers, Lionel Richie, who's making a big appearance on American Idol with my patient, Katy Perry, uh, Trisha Yearwood, who married my good friend, Garth Brooks, and we've raised $42 million together with Garth Brooks really? and the Smiles for Life wow. Foundation and all the dentists in the Crown Council, Olivia Newton-John, Burt Reynolds, and the Bee Gees. Um, he also organized several historic humanitarian events, including We Are the World and Hands Across America, which we'll talk about in a second. Over the years, he's produced four to 5,000 hours of hit television series, specials, and movies of the week. 
He's also taught a career class at UCLA for 11 years, lectured at USC and Harvard Business School. And in addition to a plethora of awards and medals, he is a proud recipient of the United Nations Peace Medal. Ken, welcome <laughs> to Meet the Mentor. Um, you yeah, are I'll probably, be there again this year. And I've, you I've will been there be here after been there year. For it is such years. a great event. <laughs> I must tell you, that's really an inspiring time. I mean, you've done so much in your career that we won't even have time to touch it all. But I want to hit the two biggies, okay? You, Michael Jackson, and Lionel Richie had this idea to do an album. Yeah. Talk about Actually, it. Actually, originally a single. It was a head of a record company who said to me, you'll raise a lot of water if you get all of these various artists you put together uh, to give you an unreleased record and put it on an album. So we eventually uh, did, I think, $64 million that first year just wow. from the sale of the album. It was one of the biggest records ever. But We Are the World was, uh, you know, it, it was inspired by what Bob Geldof did in England. He put a record together for African relief because particularly children were dying like crazy in Africa every day uh, from starvation and from a drought. And he put this record together called Do They Know It's Christmas? And he did it in December of 1984. And um, it was all over the place on television and everything. Harry Belafonte saw that here in America and said, we've got to do, he wanted to do a concert here. Called okay. me and said, let's do a concert. Just because some of our students are like 15, oh, yeah, even... you don't even know what this is. Let me tell you, We Are the World was an epic album that was released to raise money. They had about 40 of the biggest celebrities, yeah. singers in the world, from Michael Jackson, um, Diana Ross, Stevie, uh, Wonder, Stevie Wonder. Wonder. Um, oh, gosh, it just went on and on. I mean, it was everybody big at the anybody time. Anybody who was big in music at the time was on that album. Well, right? part of that was when I started organizing that, I took the Billboard record charts and I just went down the charts. Michael was number one. My client, Lionel Richie, was number two. Kenny Rogers was in the top 10. I had, one of the great things in the early 80s, I had 48% of the top 10 records from my clients. Wow. So I could immediately go into my own clients and pull a base list together. And, and then you guys recorded this here in LA. In LA. And, and released it worldwide. And overall, how much did that make? It made $64 million. First year. First year. Uh, now we're probably closer to 100, I would suppose. Every, believe it or not, here we are, we're 35 years later. And by the way, the song gets taught at schools now. I constantly hear young people. I, I, you know, nobody knows the other project we'll talk about, Hands Across America, if they're right. if they're 40 or younger. Now they won't, but, but, but we'll talk but about hands, it. But We Are the World is very current now for whatever reason. And it just, people are, kids are still learning it. But the amazing thing with that is we're still getting money in. We got last year, our organization, which we've been trying to close since practically three, three years after we opened it, our organization took in $329,000 without ever lifting a finger. Wow, that's amazing. And we gave 90% of that money away in grants to help people in Africa and America. Wow. I have a really great idea. We're going to talk about this afterwards. Okay, so We Are the World Happens. It's this big global sensation. And it gave birth to Hands Across America. Now, again, for you young kids that have no idea what Hands Across America is, this man organized a venture where he literally got 
people from coast to coast to hold hands all at one time. Six and a half million people, all around. five and a half in the line, another million around the world, because like somebody put a line across the Golden Gate Bridge and we didn't go up that far. We went from Battery Park in New York through 17 states, winding all the way down to the uh, Queen Mary here in Long Beach. And we had, and in some cases, the line was five and 10 feet deep. And in the parking lot of Queen Mary, we had like 10,000 people. Wow. I mean, it was one of the more amazing. I look at all the things I've done in my life, and I've fortunately done a lot of big kind of groundbreaking things. There's nothing more impossible to have accomplished. But you did it. But what was the purpose for doing it? Here's what happened. I went to Africa with the first supplies from We Are the World. We'd gotten five million in by that point. And I we loaded a, a cargo plane and we flew to Africa to Sudan and Ethiopia and Tanzania. And we, we took supplies and tried to save lives, which we did. And when I got back here and arrived at the LA airport, uh, a guy picking me up, just a volunteer, says to me, look, uh, what are you doing for America? It's wonderful, Mr. Craven, what you did for Africa. It's terrific. But what are you doing for, we've got poverty here. We've got people who are hungry and homeless right here. Because the media had started to cover it, which was one of the great things about what we did in that period. And they hadn't covered it before. So I, at that point, I had been, it had been suggested to me, we'd had, just before I left for Africa, my wife and I went to a performance of the New York City Ballet, at which they, uh, they did a tribute to We Are the World. And the publicist for We Are the World, an intermission, comes up to me and he says, don't laugh, but what if you put people holding hands from New York to L.A. all singing We Are the World? He was looking at it as a promotion for We Are right. the World. And I, I'm very proud of what I said. I don't know where I got it, if I stole it from somewhere else or whatever. But I said, you know what? That's just impossible enough to be possible. Because I've learned over the years that it's easier to accomplish the impossible than the ordinary. And the reason is, who talks about the ordinary? It's already been done. Who cares? You're not going to pay attention in today's, you're mobbed by everything in every direction. But if it's impossible, they're sitting around going, hey, that guy Craig, do you know what he's trying to do? That's crazy. It's impossible. He's never going to pull that up. But they're talking about it. So you guys went out, and I assume you put out a bunch of PSAs telling people where they needed to be at what time, right? We had 400 paid employees for nine months. It cost $17 million to do to promote this. Wow. To do this. We, had a, we got free advertising. The Super Bowl put up, gave us four minutes on the Super Bowl. Wow. We could only create a commercial for two minutes, but we did. And that was on the Super Bowl. We had incredible, we had... 40,000 volunteers. We had organization. It was done. It was an off political year. So the political, the people who run political campaigns and get voters out and get people to come out and stand and listen to, to candidates talk and stuff, we hired all those people. We had all. Okay, of, so I have some. What day of the week is best? Saturday this, or Sunday? Well, That's either. We did it Sunday. We did it Memorial Day weekend. Oh, Sunday, Memorial Sunday, Day weekend. Sunday. Yeah. That's a good weekend. By the way, so. you haven't mentioned that. This this Memorial Day, right afterwards, on June 1st, will two, be the two little girls, two twins, 13-year-old twins, in a little town called Scobie, Montana. Yeah. 1,100 people. They write me a letter. I get a letter with only a post office box returned it. And they said, 
we've come up with this idea for something we call it Hands Across America. And, and we want to bring the country back together and we want to do this thing. Can you give us a little help telling us how to do it? And I tracked them down and called them and said, look, it took $17 million, 400 paid employees, 40,000 volunteers, right. and nine months. You've got two months. I said, and no money. And no money. <laughs> do it across Scooby. It's Scooby, right. Montana. Do it across Scooby. One mile long, 1,100 people live in the town, and I've been helping them now put this together. Oh, and on awesome. June 1st, there's going to be a line across Scooby. Oh, that's awesome. You have to go. I, they invited me, but it's so hard to get there. It's like it's out A plane, a train, and a boat. Yeah, <laughs> it's really. You know, and then you hike for 10 miles. Right, 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 right. But, uh, but it's, it, it shows you, you know. And the other reason, there's another reason Hands Across America is suddenly in the news every day. There's been all kinds of articles on it. And the reason is that Jordan Peele, the guy who did the Academy Award nominated, I think it won a bunch, uh, the movie Get Out, he did this movie now called Us. And Us uses Hands Across America as a device in the movie, a major device. It opens with a commercial made up for it, right. and it closes with... And That's and, awesome. And so it, it's really, and so it's, we, they've been interviewing constantly, New York Times, Time Magazine, everybody's been doing articles on it. Well, yeah, and that's a great segue into where I want to go right now. Yeah. So you've had this epic career. You've done all these amazing things like that nobody else in the world has done, right? <laughs> well, to some extent. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, Ken, how's retirement going? <laughs> right? I have six to eight projects going right now. You're been... busier now than you've ever been. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. And I'm working on a project. We can't talk about it now, but I'll come back when we can. Okay. Uh, I'm working on the biggest project ever. You've ever done. Yeah, and he told me what it is, and it is big, and I can't talk about. But talk about what you can talk about. That you're well, doing. I've got. I'm working. There's there's a lot of interest in remaking the Gambler movies with Kenny Rogers. Not with him in this case. We reach out to some younger country star now. Mm -hmm. uh, but do the guy who's doing American Idol with uh, your client Lionel? Yeah, Lionel has done just phenomenal. no, not Lionel. The oh, the country guy on there. Oh yeah, Lionel. there was What's a country guy. Oh yeah. He's big too. I'm so embarrassed. I don't know. I only know. Katie I used to watch it a lot because yeah. one of my, you know, when I was teaching at UCLA, I had a wonderful student, and she was on it, and uh, it was kind of amazing to me. She went all the way to she was eliminated at number five. Oh wow! And uh, she didn't get in the top four, but she was eliminated. Well, I'm going to tell for those of you watching this season of American Idol is better than any I've ever seen. And I, I kind of stopped watching it for years, but Katie's my patient and my friend. I thought, you know, I'll start watching. These kids are incredible. I'll tell you, you're incredible. Yeah, that. Each, and each one is so different. And the thing I think that makes them so much better is these kids actually grew up watching American Idol from the time they were like infants. Yeah, so they've got, they've got it down. I mean, each one has a completely different flavor and they're awesome. Well, you know, the, interestingly, in the management career, which formed the core of my, I mean, I was able to do a We Are the World or a Hands Across America. I had the, one of the hottest management companies in the 80s and I could reach out and connect with almost anybody. But the thing that always, people always said to me, well, what do you attribute your success to? And I said, some kind of ability to read my gut when I see or hear an artist and know that there's something there that's so unique and special that there's a, that there's a charisma there 
that when they will walk in a room, they you suddenly have it, or when they open their mouth to sing, it moves you. And if that moves me, that's yeah, when I get involved. That's a very, very important intuition to have. I, I used to treat um, the late Bob Stewart, who created 10 of the 15 most popular game shows on TV, from Pyramid uh -huh. to um, What's Your Line to um, Password. And I asked Bob, I said, Bob, how did you know that you had a hit show? And he said, I'd fill them in with people. I'd watch them watch the show. And as soon as I started seeing people yelling out the answers, I knew the show would be a hit and I put it on the air. It's very interesting. In a way, I've used that same technique a lot of times. When I am working on a project and I tell people about it, I can feel from their reaction, or if I have a TV show or something and I put it up and people watch it, same thing. You get that, if you, you sort of read that reaction and you know there's something really here. And my one of my big keys to success has been somehow reacting to things like the general public. I don't, I'm not super wealthy, but I don't live like No, I, I get it. And yet I react that way. I get it, I get it. and. That's one of the most effective things. If you want to learn how to market and advertise, you need to forget everything you know and create an ad as if you know nothing. And that's a very hard thing to do. No, but I, you know, it's one of the things I try to teach my students. Uh, I say, stay naive, stay young. Yeah. You know, because, oh God, who would have done who would have tried to put five and a half million people holding hands across the United States if they knew it couldn't be done, right? I'm just naive enough to think, oh, well, we'll figure out I a love way that. to do that. You know, it's just it, that keeping that naivete, keeping that childlike wonder and understanding that you can accomplish anything uh, if you just work hard enough at it. And, and why not start out with the wildest thing you can possibly do? Hey. Anthony Hopkins is is a good friend and and um, and gave me one of my favorite quotes. He said, "When I grow up, all I want to be is a little boy." <laughs> right? That is, I'm going to use it. I love Isn't it. That awesome? I swear, I know him, and I I've never heard it, and I love that because it's absolutely true. Right, Frank, a, a Broadway producer. You've been to my classes at UCLA, and I always have a guest in the second half of the of the three hours. And I had uh, Frank Wildhorn, who's a Broadway producer, who's done a lot of big shows. And the first thing he said to my students, these are UCLA students, undergrads. He said, never in your life quit being a student. He said, never quit learning, never quit being interested in everything. I read and watch news and watch everything. Every, I can find almost in anything I read or look at some kernel of an idea that sparks some other thing. And that ability, and he, he put it into words beautifully, just never quit learning. Let me ask you this. I mean, through this illustrious career you've had, how much of it do you think was skill and how much was luck? There's always a lot of luck of taking advantage of opportunities because everything, even the negatives, are an opportunity. But I went back when I started teaching UCLA and I researched what made me successful. When was I successful? And where were my failures? I didn't, everything hasn't always perfect. Where did I fail? And I found that there was a, 
an unbelievable thing called the magic of three. That, every, that it took three impressions to get a person to take any kind of action. That in today's crowded marketplace, that was particularly true. You had to come from three different directions. And I'm not talking about three social media. I'm not talking about mm-hmm. Instagram and Snapchat and, and Facebook right. or something. Those were just one direction. You needed to come with something written, handwritten. You need to come with something that's on radio or television or some, or a letter or a person calling. You needed to multiple impressions in a concentrated period of time. And the wild part is, I have an astronomy background, not a big, <coughs> a big-time amateur right. astronomer, and I built my own observatory. And the astronomers two years ago came up with the fact that there is an absolute law of threes in the universe. And it's amazing. Wow. And I'll give you the probably the best example of the magic of threes because when it didn't work. In, in 1984, I had Lionel Richie, my client at that point, on the closing the Olympics here in Los Angeles. And he was closing it with the number one song in the country the, uh, all night long. With thousand dancers and pyrotechnics and everything. And, it, and a billion people, probably two to four billion people saw it on television worldwide. And it didn't advance his career at all because there was nothing around it. There was no newspaper or magazine articles. There was no record coming out at the time. There was no other publicity. He was just there on television one time, one big event, as big as you can get. Okay, not just, right. you know. Okay, six months later, he and Michael write, he's on the cover of TV Guy because he's hosting the American Music Awards. He and Michael write, We Are the World, and we record it the night of the music, American Music we do all kinds of press conferences the next year. He's on the American Music Awards and he wins six awards and he performs, not only hosts it, but he wins six awards. Three weeks later on the Grammys, he wins three awards. In that period, in that period of time, fewer people saw Lionel than saw him on the Olympics. But many, many people saw him, multiple impressions, and his career skyrocketed. And you can use it in anything. I've used it in my personal life, I use it everywhere. It's just flat, amazing technique. And I went back and went, this is one of the keys to my success. Success, I never understood why I was doing it until I started to research it. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Well, Ken, thank you so much. That was amazing. We're going to have you back when you get your next big deal, which I know about and I think is exciting. Um, Sign up for Lee now www.leapfoundation.com. I hope to see you there this summer. Dr. Bill, over and out. To learn more about the Leap Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Leap Foundation, on Instagram at Leap Foundation, and on Twitter at Leap Los Angeles. Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.